Hi, welcome to another episode of the Visual Storytelling Today podcast. The show is designed for you, the marketer or entrepreneur, who may be looking for more effective ways to connect better with audiences through the exciting world of visual storytelling. We will introduce you to inspiring experts from diverse industries that bring fresh perspectives on how to capture attention, build trust, emotional empathy, and last but not least, drive business results. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Shlomi Rong, the CEO of the Visual Storytelling Institute. We are based here in sunny Miami, Florida, and we're all about spreading the gospel of visual storytelling from the world of art into more human more purposeful, purposeful in marketing. So before we get started, uh, first of all, I want to thank all of you watching or listening for making the Visual Storytelling Today podcast uh, ranked in the top 10 business storytelling podcast. I know it's been a long five-year journey, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, so thank you. Now for today's topic, I picked something that uh, I'm sure everybody could relate to. You know, if you look, think hard, at the core, very core, we're all information seekers. And it goes back to our survival mechanism, you know, from the time we faced the lion in the jungle, for example, and we had to decide, you know, flight or fight. So this need to process information, even right now, when, when you're listening to this podcast about conversational video, you might have possibly heard about it. You have already some questions, and what if you we could stop this video, and you could really ask all these questions that hovering in your mind right now, my guest wouldn't be wonderful. So that's what really got me to think about the fact that even loved one, people that you know that passed away, that you could have asked them a ton of questions, and there's no opportunity to do that. A lot of sci-fi movies are playing around this theme. So when I came across Storyfile, I was extremely intrigued. They came up with this concept for conversational video, and I really liked how they define it. Videos that talk back, we make AI feel more human. <laughs> and I thought this is really an interesting concept. I even tested one of their demo with William Shatner and was really blown away. So. With that, I'd like to introduce uh, Stephen Smith. He's the co-founder and CEO of Storyfile. And he's the man behind this uh, vision of really turning every story you had with anyone into real life conversation as if it's a Zoom video call. <laughs> right now, we're doing this. So this is a fantastic uh, approach with tremendous implication in a variety of fields. So with that, welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you, Shlomi. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So before we get started, we I always like to kind of uh, open up the the story with the, how you got involved in video and in the first place, because I know you have a long history in the video documentation. Yeah, it actually goes back to the 1990s. I was interested in the Holocaust and I was writing a PhD about how testimony about the Holocaust develops over time. Going right back into the yep. period of the Second World War with diaries and so forth and then the writings of Holocaust survivors, etc., etc. I land up in the 1990s and what do we have in our hands? 
video recorders. Now, now it's become an accessible media. Right. So there I am as a theologian doing a degree in theology and philosophy, studying new media. How does video change the way in which we tell the story of our past? Mm -hmm. I interviewed many Holocaust survivors, and this was just around the time that Steven Spielberg founded the USC Shoah Foundation and interviewed thousands and thousands and thousands of Holocaust survivors. So wind forward a few years, having established the UK Holocaust Center, I was invited to oversee Steven Spielberg's um, archive. That's amazing. Yeah, the University of Southern California. Mm -hmm. And so I had 55,000 testimonies, the largest oral history on a single subject in the world. And what did I find myself doing? Still a theologian, by the way. Yeah. Developing a giant uh, video platform and working out how do we disseminate this content that came from 83 countries in 41 languages and make it relevant to Polish-speaking people in Poland and in mm -hmm. China and in Buenos Aires. And how do we make it so that the content itself gets curated and delivered in appropriate ways for different audiences. Yep. On During the process of doing all of that, um, my wife, Heather, who at the time was not my wife, that's another podcast series <laughs> altogether, um, yep. um, brought me the idea of uh, she had been speaking to a Holocaust survivor while doing an interview. Mm -hmm. And then after the interview had finished, she was sitting in the kitchen and she said, hang on a minute, We've got, captured the interview, but what about the conversation? That's where the magic happens. Yep. And she said, I want to be able to create full-size holographic images of Holocaust survivors so that my grandchildren can speak to them in the way that I'm doing now. Yeah. That was 10 years ago before Siri. There wasn't even an iPhone at the time. Right. Um, so we weren't used to this digital media being in our fingertips. It was like, we've got to create this what sounded like a sci-fi idea. And we spent several years at the University of Southern California with her company and the Institute of Creative Technologies mm -hmm. at USC, working together with the Shoah Foundation to figure out how do we secure these amazing testimonies in conversational format for the future. I see. We managed that, but it was costing hundreds of thousands of dollars per interview, mm -hmm. hundreds of cameras, lots of scientists. It wasn't yeah. exactly commercial. And so the question was, that we found we were being asked many times by individuals was, can I interview my grandmother? Uh -huh. And by companies, can I interview my CEO? Or can we make, you know, something like that available to our clients? And go. so we decided to create StoryFile to make this easily accessible mm -hmm. and affordable for everybody on a cloud-based automated system so that everyone can use conversational video in their daily lives. No, for sure. No, I'm sure this is it sounds like almost like sci-fi in a sense that the ability to converse with people that no longer with us or people that won't have the time for you if they're too busy and also like celebrities and stuff. So before we, we go deeper, I also want to ask you as a visual storyteller yourself, you know, how would you define visual storytelling? Because this is a question I ask all my guests. Oh, great question. So, yes, I, I've been involved in visual storytelling in the taking of testimony of historical people for many years. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a fine line between historical documentation and storytelling. And I, and I see, in fact, the um, testimony even of Holocaust and genocide survivors as visual storytelling. Mm -hmm. Unlike a document that might be left behind from history where there's dates right. and times and places on it, an individual is 
telling that through their own eyes mm -hmm. it's a combination of memory that is the things that they remember about that event and then ha what they think is important to convey to you mm -hmm. as the audience that they define as you know whoever you are the next generation or a family member or right. so on so they tell a story that's related to memory and history but it's their interpretation of it based on their life experience and in fact where they are in their own life today because they're going to say something completely different in 1945 mm. to 2015 for example right so that's where the essence of my uh, con you know context around storytelling comes but what i've been doing in the last 10 years is exploring the relationship between personal storytelling and visual media and have uh, immersed myself in immersive media if you like in the xr world yep. with virtual reality augmented reality and mm -hmm. conversational uh, video and there's the combination of the individual that's telling the story Mm -hmm. The questions that are asked of them, be that in a conversational video or in a VR piece, for example, yep. um, and the, the story they're being asked to tell, and the medium itself, which in some respects, in many respects, mm -hmm. defines, confines or expands the ability of the individual to tell the story in that medium. Right. And so I'm very much uh, interested in the intersection between mm. memory history and the medium of storytelling that we're using and i like to explore it all that's fantastic yeah i totally see you know the first part of your answer you know when you talked about the interviews with the survivors although you don't really in reenact the events it's a talking head the visual picture is what the audience is actually invoking in their mind to the story so it's still you know, have all the, you know, ingredients of great visual storytelling. Okay, I'll expand on that just a second for a minute, Shlomi, because I actually have a theory around this. Yeah. We often see video and particularly um, documentary type video mm -hmm. as being an object of the past. In other words, we're passive right. and we're watching it being displayed. Mm -hmm. My view on this is I'd, I'd like to break that barrier down and turn it into a subject-subject experience. And we have that opportunity now with some of our immersive media where you can be part of the experience right. and you can, while the reliving is happening through those who have the memory, you can be alongside them literally in a spatial context, for example, in a yep. visual context and become subject-subject. So now they're no longer an archival piece. What they are, they're in conversation with you, not necessarily even just conversational video. You're in that space with them reliving it. Right. And then therefore evoking the empathy and the engagement that exactly. we miss when we're watching something passively. Yeah. And so I, I think anything that brings us closer um, is to more the therefore yep. a better experience for everybody. No, definitely with the metaverse now, it's all over. So, so, and that brings us to the core question of the, the focus for this episode, uh, what is conversational video? And, you know, the, the first time I heard the term, initially I, I thought, you know, and I even Google it to see what people are saying about it. You might think it's a, the tone of voice using, use, using your video, a conversational tone. Uh, the other option was really the implication for that it's interactive. And then you see interactive videos that were all over, you know, where choose your adventure kind of uh, category. So I'm kind of curious how you really define it, because I feel it, it's a little bit different. 
Yeah, so we define conversational video as being the capture of an authentic uh, narrative or point of view or a piece of knowledge given by a living human being or an authentic human being that is there based on their experience, be that historical or um, it could be their, you know, their, their, their skill that they have or their professional skill that they have, right. that they're imparting person to person. Unlike a lot of AI bots and droids that are, you know, out there where you can, you know, bring together some kind of visual reference with some kind of text and make that speak. Yep. What we're saying actually is each individual has their own personality and fingerprint that you can only really get from them. You're not going to find anybody else on your show that speaks, yep. looks like and me yep. and are not going to convey the issues in the way that I convey them. Exactly. Now, you could take my words and you could drive an avatar with my words, but yep. you'll get a much more kind of stilted version of me that may look something more like this. And digital humans are getting much better. Don't get me wrong. We are in a, in a good trajectory in terms of how we can capture personality and nuances. But we all have our own unique fingerprint. And what we're really interested in is how do we capture that? Mm -hmm. Our physiognomy, our yep. intonation, our energy, our emotions that you is really difficult to replicate through an avatar unless you pay more money for that avatar than it would cost to actually hire me yeah 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 no, for sure no it's it, it's really fascinating because i think you know the way you define it is really opening up new worlds for telling stories that are more kind of a, two ways in real time as opposed to kind of because one of the core problem with the passive video watching as you know is really Nobody will watch the entire video sometimes <laughs> and people have questions and they don't find, you know, they can put markers, but still, you know, it's a challenge to find what you're really interested in. So that's one the of the things that our clients really, really like, actually, Shlomi, is mm -hmm. the point you just made. Many of them have done many, many interviews. You know, they might have been yep. standing alongside Martin Luther King during the civil rights movement. And they've been interviewed a hundred times about, you know, the March on Washington or whatever. And they sit there for two hours and then the documentary comes out and they're in there for, you know, two minutes, 20 seconds sometimes. Mm -hmm. With the story file methodology, everything you say is yep. in your story file, not a minute's wasted. Now, it might be a few years before somebody finds that little moment that you told about, you know, when you were in the bathroom on the margin yeah. Washington, that actually, exactly. <laughs> otherwise would get cut and it's right there. Right. Um, but they love the fact that everything they're going to share, and some of them talk for days, by the way, yeah. um, about these historical events will be there in perpetuity for somebody to discover mm -hmm. in future. And it's a wonderful format from that point of view. I see. This is so cool. So I'm sure everybody now listening, kind of dying to hear about what is the magic sauce behind StoryFile, you know, that human AI that's really parsing all these questions and turning them into, you know, relatable and meaningful answers. So should we start close from home? Maybe I yeah. can just show you a few examples. Yeah. What's your name? Edward. Henry without a D Smith. What matters to you and why? My family, because my father died when I was six. <clears throat> and my two brothers left home because they were older. One went to 
Australia, didn't they? So they went to America. So I'll just stop him there so you get the idea. Yeah, so yeah. you can see I asked him a series of questions and I, I just use a consumer camera here mm -hmm. um, on a product that we have called Story for Life. So what we try to do, Shlomi, is demystify the whole idea of it's in a studio with 113 cameras and it's, you know, uh, yeah. a really big sort of holographic production and bring it down to everybody's size. It's really, really simple to use, as you can see, where you yeah. can just ask a series of questions. This is my mom. Let me just ask her a question. Her name is Marina. What is your message for the future? I would say really, if you have a secure face and you walk in it, I feel that your life will be full of joy and peace and love. So you get the idea, similar to my dad, is interviewed in her front room now my mom died about six weeks ago oh, and i did this interview with her yeah thank you shlami um she was a great, great woman she had 87 wonderful years and she died you know she was working the day she died so no no complaints there we should get off that kind of life <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and uh but you know what happened uh, a few weeks later when we had a funeral uh um, I decided to bring this story file of this conversation I had with her because I asked her during this conversation, what would you say at your funeral? And obviously, there's only one day that I could actually ask her that, and that was at her funeral. So mm -hmm. I had a little conversation with her during the, the celebration of her life. And um, it was very meaningful, I have to say, to be able to have her there. As you can see, she's just looking straight into the lens, out of the camera, and she spoke to her friends and her family in the most, you know, her, her usual way. And it wasn't in the slightest bit weird or creepy. It was like, oh, yeah, there's Marina. And she's just chatting away as she always would. And it actually was quite comforting, I have to say, and uh, surprising, surprisingly so. Meaningful and comforting. And it's just nice to have her face smiling out of the camera oh, still. Yeah, I bet. You know, but a participant really were blown away. <laughs> it's like the first time, you, you know, nobody's done something <laughs> like that. And I didn't know where to put it in the ceremony, so I put it at the end. And bless her, she had the presence of mind to say, well, what more can I say? Bye. And then it ended. And everyone just sat there and <laughs> didn't know what to say. Yeah. Except, you know, just, wow, what a way to finish the celebration. She had the final word. And by the way, she always had the final word in life, too. So yeah. it was true this, to form. This is insane. Wow. <laughs> Let me show you. I can show you actually how easy this is to do. So this yep. is the site. It's called life.storyfile.com. Um, I'm already logged in here, which I just logged in before we hopped on. But if I go to this button here, we can see here, look, questions, all kinds of questions that you can ask somebody that are already pre-ready to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I can have um, older and wiser childhood memories. And there's sort of collections of little, little collections of questions. What made you feel proud of yourself as a teen and so on? There's two and a half thousand to choose from so plenty to go at oh wow and then what you do is you select the questions you want to ask and then you go to record um just like using zoom or google meet or whatever you select your camera you can put a nice little mm. uh webcam on there or you yeah. know put a little microphone yep. you choose your you choose your languages, there's 16 languages, so depending if you're Ukrainian or your Thai is up to it, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can go with that. And then you start recording. So you can see here what I've got, like is a little window. Mm -hmm. And what it does, it's up here, it serves up the questions. So the question is, what do you enjoy doing? It's the mm -hmm. next question up. So I hit the record. Um, there is nothing I enjoy more doing more than being on podcasts. So now I've got that. I then watch it back, check it. 
There is nothing I enjoy more. There we go. I like it. I save and continue. And what you'll see is in the bottom here, it's uploading that video. Mm -hmm. So what it's doing is streaming it onto the cloud. It's transcribing it. It's doing the AI magic. It's then yep. putting it into my story file, which is a database of answers. Mm -hmm. So now if I go back to my uh, dashboard here, um, and I say, okay, I want to interact with my story file. Mm -hmm. um, what it's going to do is bring up the answers that I previously had. Uh, and if I say, what do you enjoy doing? There is nothing I enjoy more doing more than being on podcasts. So what that's done now, that's entered that into my story file, saved it for life, and now it's mine. And yeah. what you can see in here is that I can then play that back immediately. I can share it immediately mm. with my family and friends or post it. And most importantly is it's mine. It's private, and I decide who sees it. And one of the ways we do this is providing the ability for you to invite members mm. to your story file if you don't want to just publish it on the web. Right. And so essentially you can just say, I want my grandchildren to watch this mm. only. And then that it's there essentially by being in your story circle. Yeah. One of the things that I really got intrigued uh, about the AI perspective was that uh, I understand the technology allows you to basically ask any question you like. And as long as uh, it's part of a thematic cluster of answers, you know, the AI will be able to serve you the right answer within that cluster. Am I right? That's correct. Well, actually, it's a little more interesting because what happens is I ask the question, let's just say, where were you born? And I would answer, I was born in Derby, England, not known for very much, but Rolls-Royce is based yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I've got, in the answer, I've got some information that was not in the original question because I now got a, something about Rolls-Royce. Yeah. So if I then ask the question, what's interesting about the places that you have lived? You oh, could find yeah. that and say, I was born in Derby, England, not known for very much, but Rolls-Royce is based there. And it's, it's then searching all of the answers um, for relevant answers to the question. So it doesn't have to be one for one mm. uh, because the AI is searching everything. I see. What we don't do is make up new information. Yeah, Obviously, like they come you, up with a question that is not part of the database. Yeah, so then what's going to happen is the mm -hmm. AI, it, it will answer because I've provided that. I don't I have see. an answer for that. Um, let's try something else or a variety of different conversational pieces like that, which we ask people to put into their story file so that it feels more natural when something comes up, which is, you know, not going to be found. Right. Or if someone's being rude, you can like say, you know, you could be nicer than that. And then yep. you just move on. Um, or, or even, you know, we find that folks like to test the system. So oh, yeah. you, you'll have an answer like, you know, I know you're testing the system, but let's get back to the subject, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> There's different ways in which the AI can be. It can be a little humorous, you know, a little bit like the voice assistants have got a little bit more uh, character to them these days than they no, used definitely. to. Yeah. yeah. One of the early uh, evidences for something very similar to conversational video that I can recall is obviously the subservient ki uh, chicken that, uh, you know, I think it was uh, Crispin Bogowski, Porin Bogowski, the agency did for uh, Burger King, where they record this uh, guy dressed uh, in a chicken costume and people ask him crazy questions and he would do that so when you've been working with Storyfile, you know for a while now you know what type of uh, use cases come across from mm. brands from other fields Look, let me share let me share a few with you actually because i think it'll be interesting for you to see and for our yeah. audience 
I'll go back to the screen here. Um, so this here, this is uh, Arthur Frommer from Frommer's Guides. Um, and his company wanted to make sure they had their history down. Um, mm -hmm. Let me just ask him, um, how did you start Frommer's Guides? See if it gets it. My career highlights so far were the transformation of the GI's Guide to Traveling in Europe into a civilian version called Europe on five dollars a day. I did. I won't, I'll stop you there. I'm going to I'm going to share these links with you so that your audience yep. can see them. But yeah, you get yeah. the idea. What happens when I ask him that? He starts to tell us something of his company history, and for them, it's both archival. Mm -hmm. Mr. Frommer of Frommer Guides tells his story, but it's right. also informational insofar as they can put that on their company website, mm -hmm. and they can. It means that their audience can get and their own team members can get to know more about the company values or whatever the things are that he talks about yep. on his journey to create that company. Yeah. So that's kind of like a, a culture keepers, if you like. Yeah, I think it's also called origin story. Most company has that origin section. story. Yep. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and did a great job, I have to say. You know, we just you can see we just filmed him in his study at home. Yep. He was working remotely. By the way, he still does his blogs to this day. Oh, Remarkable. Wow. <laughs> um, this here is Eric. Um, mm -hmm. Eric has ALS. Now, this is a good example of different media that you can use. So you can see he's there in his chair. He's got his machine for answering questions, and he's also got this easel, which you'll see in a second. Mm. So what Eric did was kept a video diary. Um, what he's doing here is helping people to understand the disease and the trajectory it takes. So if I ask him, uh, when were you diagnosed? So what he's going to go, he's going to go into his archive. This is my, my, my. This is from my experience. I am letting everyone know that I was diagnosed with ALS approximately a month and a half ago, the day before Thanksgiving. So he then takes us on a journey through a variety oh, one month, wow. two months, three months, four months, and we're able to do it. But what we're also able to do is talk to his healthcare professionals. So, for example, what is ALS? <laughs> this is an expert. ALS stands for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which is a very long name, although in the United States, it's better known as Lou Gehrig's disease. So you see there how you can bring in different media to help you understand yep. this disease and how it progresses over over time. I see. I see. Yeah, that's definitely a different use case. It's more kind of a mixed media experience. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And here, here we have a training video. So this is actually training doctors how to make diagnoses and how to work with patients. So can you describe your symptoms? Um, I've been getting shortness of breath more frequently. Mm -hmm. Seems like anything will cause it. It was, I was just walking from the front of the store to my car and, and I had to stop to gather myself. So you get the idea how yeah. you might have different, slightly different nuances from question mm -hmm. to question and how that works out. I see. So this is really like a good for training uh, as you onboarding people, maybe. Yeah. That's correct. So onboarding, training, uh, development, continuing professional education. Mm -hmm. Now, this client here, what they did, they licensed our platform. It's called Conversa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the platform there. And what I have in my dashboard is, you know, it tells me how many story files I've got, how much I've used them. I can then go and search story files. So if I just went to that one, for example, 
um, I can then find that particular story file and I can publish it as fast as this. It's very, very quick to put. It's a, 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 a link that you can embed on a website or oh, a, um, a native app or so forth. And you can choose, for example, mm -hmm. whether or not you have these hints. So, for example, if I want to know what can he talk about, his present illness, do you have any fever or chills? I may not know to ask that. But in fact, within this training course, that's an important thing for the trainee to know to ask. Gosh. So it may be that this is hidden for the test that the trainee does. Mm, but it also may be, if it's an educational process, that it's not hidden because you want them to know the scope of things that you should be asking. So right. it can either be used for you know, learning or actually also for testing um, whether or not somebody's learned what they need to learn in terms of this particular disease this character has yeah online courses i think this could be amazing because mostly you just watch those seven minutes video clips and ask to get a, to do an assignment but if you can actually interact with the you know instructor as if it's live instruction I think yeah it's fantastic I'll just show you a little bit of how this platform works because basically once you uh, once you have a license to this platform you can create your own content like as we have done in our account here mm -hmm. which is William Shatner so I can see here all the questions he asked we go to Star Trek look 60 questions on Star Trek do people only recognize you as Captain Kirk I click that I can review that clip uh, as popular as Captain Kirk in Star Trek was so he answers that. But yeah, I can yeah. also see the transcript of that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I also, if there's multiple takes, I can look at And then I can export it. I can import it. I can take it into my yeah. um, uh, into my editing suite. I can do things with it there. I can bring it back in. And then I can also train the video as well. So essentially what I've got here is training data that either um, the AI team or the system has developed to, to know the difference between the range of questions. So if I ask, is Captain Kirk your most popular role? It's going to bring back the same answer as the question one mm -hmm. that I asked, which is, um, oh, the, do people only recognize you as Captain Kirk? So that's how that all works. And then what I can do is I can test it in there. Um, and I go, do people only recognize you as Captain Kirk? And then just go find the answer, and hopefully it'll be the one that we were looking at. Um, uh, as popular as Captain Kirk in Star Trek was. So you get the idea there. Now, I like what yeah. I've got. Um, I've captured this content. I've tested it. And now I just go to publish it. Off I go. Right. And it is as simple as that, basically. Yeah. And I, there is my I, new, new video. I think one thing that it's important to understand, if I understand this correctly, is that you can publish both like the full you know, interactive uh, Q&A, but you can also just publish uh, individual answers as a way to kind of uh, promote the entire program. And that's another great benefit here. So that is correct. Yes. So in fact, uh, every answer is a short video. Um, mm -hmm. And also within the system, you, you can decide what you publish in any given story file. So essentially, you could say, William Shatner answered 568 questions, but I'm just right. going to publish the 69 that are about Star Trek and create mm -hmm. a Star Trek William Shatner interview. And they would just be answering questions about that. Right. So if we, you need to kind of uh, take a forest view at all your clients, what are the maybe the top three business goals that uh, are 
keep coming back that that's why they want to use Storyfile. Yeah, teaching and learning, mm-hmm. HR and customer service. Customer service. Mm-hmm. Those and, are the three. And those are all kind of, uh, just to make it clear to everybody, these are all kind of a permanent uh, installations in the sense that, you know, the project is constantly live and active. It's not made as a short-term campaign, for example, that's running for a limited time, or you get some campaign-based projects. We do get campaign-based projects, actually, or those that might be linked to something shorter term. If I, if I show you here, mm-hmm. um, this is a um, an example of a Time magazine, which was a you know a temporary exhibition sponsored by Time about the March on Washington. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what they did is for this campaign or for this the exhibition is they built in this individual. Her name is Joyce Lardner, who helped mm-hmm. with the march, and so. Within that campaign window or that time frame, Joyce was available for their clients on the Time website. You can see time.com, the March Digital Exhibition. And then I could ask her, um, what was it like to meet Martin Luther King? And you see this is just coming straight off their mm. website. So it's not even on the Storyfile website now. The, the, the URL is behind it. It might be a little slow because it's coming through their website. Um, and so what you end up with is this sort of... Um, yeah. It was exciting. I was 19 years old and going into my senior year of college. Um, I had, yeah. you know, it was just a very... You get the idea. So then yeah. she's able to talk about the experience of meeting him and what it was like as a teenager and how that impacted her life. So that's a, the way in which a brand might use a story file as not necessarily, in this case, to promote a product, but to enable and support an experience, a brand experience that Time was creating for its uh, for its users. Got it. And from working with the clients on the brand side, what are the typical KPIs they track? What are the success criteria? Well, there are multiple things. So, first of all, you know, for example, if you're if you're in HR and you want to do something, for example, you get to meet the founder or the CEO of the mm-hmm. company. They might be softer KPIs. It's like it's an onboarding program. We want everyone to know our company values and the founder is going to help everyone that joins this company by meeting him or her asynchronously, but still getting to know getting to know that person Mm. that they wouldn't ordinarily meet on their first day at work or meet the CEO, for example. So they're kind of softer, but then there are some more sort of productivity and efficiency related uses. So we'll stick with HR for a moment. Let's say you're recruiting. And normally you get down to 10 and then you start to do interviews. Mm -hmm. So how about you issue a story file link to the 10 candidates and ask them to answer the 10 questions that you want them to answer. That's going to give you an orientation as to whether to really invite them in or not. Mm. And now what you get is not a written response. You're getting that sort of personal, you know, engagement. And then instead of wasting your time on 10, you're going to interview the three that really come through in terms of, you know, how they communicate. So that's a kind of a, it's a sort of an efficiency thing. that means your, Mm -hmm. Your top engineer is now not, wasting time talking to 10 people seven yeah. of whom are going to make the cut anyway yeah. and can very quickly review that and then spend more time on the three yeah. that are obviously going to be the ones that are going to be deciding among so it helps on the efficiency side i see and for marketing you know objectives do you see any brands using this uh, 
I would assume for customer yeah, engagement. So, yeah, for an example, we have a, a very interesting company that helps people with their windscreens when they get broken. So, you know, you're on the side of the road and it's hailing and snowing and mm-hmm. you don't want to be scrolling through a bunch of text and, and finding out what they... Yep. You know, whether or not they'll cover your insurance. So what we're looking for there is how do you quickly find information that's actually pleasant in the circumstances in this hailstorm, gets you what you need, and then gives you the link you need to get you through to the right person to get things done. I so see. in a sense, what we're doing, we're kind of writing, coming right over the top of the chatbot and saying, actually, let's make this much more brand-oriented. Mm. Let's give a brand experience that's personal, yeah. that's very welcoming, and actually says what we want it to say and gets them where they need to get fast. Yeah, and so great. we're seeing a lot of interest in help centers turning mm. from, from FA, a list of FAQs to, hi, I'm <laughs> your brand. Uh, it's great to meet you sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's made a lot of sense. Another one, actually, I mean, which is fascinating, mm-hmm. uh, is sort of um, sm- what we call smart agents. Mm-hmm. Imagine you've got a bank or an embassy, mm-hmm. and you walk in. Again, this is a this is an, a productivity uh, tool. It's basically making sure that you don't have to have more people in the bank than you need. So you walk in. In this case, it's high fidelity. It's not web based. It's a hologram, life size agent, and you walk in and you ask a question about getting a visa or opening a new account. And that virtual agent can take you through, you know, 80% of the account oh, opening yeah. application. Yeah. Once they've got that, they throw it to the call center where there is a video agent who's also on a holographic screen. And then she or he will then take you through the final um, uh, clearances for opening your account or moving your money or the things that you want to do. Um, or if you get stuck to answer a more complex oh, question, and they'll finish out the transaction for you. Got it. Got it. Now, this is so cool. One thing that you mentioned earlier, you know, where do you see the, the future is headed? And you talked a little bit about uh, immersive realities. And I could see this going so many variety of ways from, you know, estate management, recording people, you know, mm-hmm. last words, uh, creating immersive experiences, uh, especially mm-hmm. since you have a lock where you put the, this content, this is really jive nicely with the concept of mm-hmm. the blockchain where you have immutable right. content that is. Right. Yep. So uh, blockchain, metaverse, all the rest of it. Um, this is a, this is the story file um, um, spatial gallery. And I can yep. go in here and I can, I can meet these characters. This is a poet, Nikki Giovanni. Oh, I see. And, and I can just, uh, you know, yep. her and then ask her questions. I can also then scan and bring Hello, up. Hello, how are you? There we go. I'm doing just fine. Uh, can you read me one of your poems? I would be <laughs> delighted to read a robin's nest in snow. Yeah, so you cool. get the idea. I'll just stop yep. her there. She'll, yep. she'll talk for a while. Um, but you get the idea how you can start to... Um, Uh, navigate the the metaverse she's still going in the background Um, navigate the metaverse and we we know that in the metaverse we're going to meet people in real time yeah what i'm anticipating using conversational video is that we'll meet people asynchronously Mm. so they could be historical characters who are you know in the place where the history happened they could be touring you around their own museum they could be teaching you a new skill all of that and so um, a the story file platform has you know both um, has all of the 
AR related um, platforms associated to it so that we can create you know, 3D volumetric content, place it in the metaverse, and then engage with characters asynchronously there. Yeah, so just to kind of make it clear, so unlike, you know, the example you showed, which is amazing, you know, instead of kind of locked in a, in a recorded video, you can basically, like, the subject is going to be just another avatar sharing a space with you. And that's correct. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's correct. But the, the yeah. story of our gallery right now has them on a gallery wall. Yep. But they're going to pop off that wall and be right in front of you. Yep. Uh, and then you're going to be able to sit in their living room or whatever. We're also going to be able to bring these conversational videos mm -hmm. into your living room. Um, we have, uh, we are, I think, the only company in the world right now that's making conversational mm -hmm. digital recreations. Mm -hmm. So these are people that are no longer alive. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk about deep fakes. We don't do deep fakes because mm -hmm. we're not hacking anybody's life. Right. What we are doing, though, is using similar technology to create authorized and licensed versions of people no longer alive and giving them their authentic personality back in a digital form um, so that you can converse with right. them. Unfortunately, I don't have an example that I can share with you because right. most of them are proprietary, but um, they are very, very special. And uh, you will be discovering them in the in, in the metaverse almost for certain. But, but you've just mentioned here something that I'm wondering about, that authenticity and that kind of certificate of evidence. Do you see yourself actually branching this out into sort of like tokenization with an NFT? that is a one of a kind yes we actually do have two nfts which are about to launch which are mm -hmm. conversational nfts so they're mm -hmm. tokenized they're you know accessible and you can you know purchase I them see. through your crypto wallet um they're forthcoming in the next i mean any time basically um and so essentially there's a couple of things about this um on blockchain, uh, we will be providing the opportunity for people to preserve their yep. um, their story files on blockchain because mm -hmm. it obviously enables that encryption that uh, will allow right. you to make sure that it can't be hacked and can't be moved and can't yep. be changed. Yep. Um, secondly, that also gives you the opportunity then to sort of get into the tokenomics of uh, that uh, whole world and. Um, there's a lot of opportunity, actually, um, for you to be able to, you know, meet celebrities, learn skills, train, right. I mean, all sorts of things, yeah. and also own content. Now, that's incredible. <laughs> My mind is, you know, exploding with more questions, but we, I guess we're going to stop here. This is amazing <clears throat> conversation, Stephen. I really want to thank you. Before we close, uh, you know, what would you say are your top three tips for, you know, brands that look into develop their own uh, conversational video project keep it human keep it simple and reach out and communicate with your whether it's your staff or your your team uh, and your clients be bold and reach out to them and make it just just make it more human and they're gonna love it yeah that makes less sense cool so with that uh, how if any of my audience members have any questions for you how can they reach out for questions yeah, my email address is Stephen with a P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N at storyfile.com. Simple as that. Brilliant. Awesome. Again, thank you so much, Stephen. This has been amazing conversation. I really enjoyed every minute. And I see, you know, I was blown away with the first moment I saw this technology for storytelling. Visual storytelling is fantastic. And I wish you all the best. 
And for all of you watching or listening, see you next time on the Visual Storytelling Today podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Visual Storytelling Today is recorded in Miami, Florida. The show is published exclusively by Visual Storytelling Institute. Learn more at visualstorytell.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on the iTunes Store. Until next time, don't let your big story wait to be told.